eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Friday, January 6th, 2023. I am Dave Biddle. I'm very happy to be joined by Jonah Booker for his usual Friday visit. All right, Jay Book, a lot to get into. I don't want to spend too much time on this, but I do want to get into the absolute nonsense uh, about Marvin Harrison Jr. and Travion Henderson. At least I think it's BS. What are you hearing? There's a lot of, you know, there's some smoke out there. They could be thinking about transferring to USC. I think it's complete nonsense. What are you hearing? Yeah, I agree, Dave. I don't think you're going to get either one of those guys uh, transferring. It makes zero sense for Marvin Harrison Jr. to transfer to USC right now. I mean, you look at him, he's going to be a first-round pick next year, uh, the first wide receiver off the board. He was already a Bolitnikoff winner. Uh, he's being developed by one of the best wide receiver coaches in the game. Uh, when it comes to NIL, you we all saw what Jackson Smith and Jigba uh, made in Columbus. I know people like to knock on Ohio State's NIL front, but you look at C.J. Stroud made over $2 million. Jackson Smith and Jigba made $1.7 million as the wide receiver one in Columbus. So you're going to think that a national name like Marvin Harrison Jr. will have plenty of opportunities to make some type of cash in Columbus. On top of that, Dave, you look at the Ohio State roster coming back next year. His high school quarterback uh, potentially could win the job uh, and be thrown to him, a guy that he works with all offseason who's his throwing partner. You have the Ohio State roster, which is going to be absolutely loaded when it comes to the skill position. If Cade Stover decides to come back, you're going to have 100% of the skill position returning besides your quarterback. So they're going to make another national championship run. So I'm not worried about Marvin Harrison Jr. transferring. I don't believe Trevion Henderson is going to transfer. I do believe USC, um, they are in the process of tampering with certain guys on the roster. 
what could it be what everybody's speculating about is a mecca because if you look at the the relationship that he has with lincoln riley because it came down to ohio state in in oklahoma during his recruitment it was a nail biter um so Emeka has already said dave during the peach bowl interviews and you can attest that he's been tampered with schools have reached out to him so to me a lot of people have been speculating that as marvin i wouldn't be surprised that usc was tampering with Emeka Buka. if you look at the existing relationship and the kid has already said schools have already reached out to him so it's not just a situation to where people are speculating if a school reached out, he has already confirmed that schools and programs have reached out to him to see um, if he would be interested. I'll just say this. And I was going to say this anyway. We had a commenter that kind of is on my train of thought here, Buckeye80 on YouTube. Um, yeah, saying I think all teams are calling other kids at other schools. I mean, frankly, if Ohio State's not doing this behind the yeah. scenes, they're, you know, they're not doing their job. And I bet they are. I mean, that's how this works with the portal now. I mean, you, I mean, um, obviously, we don't like it if Lincoln Riley is trying to get a Mecca Buka or Marvin Harrison Jr. or Travion Henderson or all three. But you could argue, in fact, you would if you're a USC fan, that he wouldn't be doing his job if he was not doing that. You know, it's a, <laughs> yeah. it's a compliment to those kids. Like these kids are like, are fantastic. Any coach in the country would love to have Marvin Harrison Jr. He was the best wide receiver in the country this year, this past season. And he, I know he didn't win the Bolitnikoff. A Mecca Buka is fantastic. Travion Henderson was playing through a broken foot. Um, I think he's going to have a big year. Um, so yeah, I don't think these guys would be doing their jobs if they weren't, uh, tampering. Yeah. And, and I, and I would say this, I had people last night ask me on Twitter, like, uh, how come Ohio state coaches and other coaches aren't calling these, you know, programs out. And I will say it's probably a unwritten rule amongst the coaches that says, Hey, if the NCAA is not going to regulate this, the NCAA is not going to come down. Uh, only thing the NCAA is concerned about right now is going after Michigan. So the rest of us who are off in left field doing whatever we want to do, we're just going to go ahead and do it behind the scenes. And we're not going to, uh, you know, tell on anybody and point the finger. So that's why you really haven't seen any of the coaches in the entire college football industry really come out and name a school and say, hey, I have definitive proof that this program, this program, that program have been tampering with my players. You've seen the pit coach and Mac Brown saying, yes, schools are reaching out, but they stopped short of actually naming an actual coach in a program who's been doing it. Oh, we're going to get to Jim Harbaugh and the NCAA and all that to finish the show. Just a little tease there. We're going to get into all that. Um, I put on, uh, you know, kind of a sarcastic, kind of serious – right before we came on the show giving jim harbaugh a little advice you know I, i'm here for jim you know me i'm here for jim um all right it's going to be the story of the offseason let's just cut right to the chase is kyle mccord and i'm going to preface it with this i know there's no way ryan day is going to announce a starter in spring or leaving spring i mean he didn't even announce justin fields was the starter um like over chugs until like two weeks before the opener or something like that even though we all knew it um back in 2019 so i don't think he's going to name a starter until camp and probably a little bit deep into camp. But do you are you convinced it's going to be Kyle McCord? Or, or do you think Devin Brown has a shot at this job? Or might Devin Brown win it? Where are you at, Jay Book? I'm not convinced. I, I think that Kyle I think that Kyle McCord actually has a legitimate shot of uh winning the actual quarterback battle. Will he do it? That's to be determined. I do know that Devin Brown has all the talent in the world um to win this position. I think he's gonna get every opportunity. I can actually see it, Dave, and I know a lot of people are going to hate it. 
I can see a situation in order. <laughs> yeah, I was I was going to say, mm-hmm. hey, I was going to say we saw what Michigan was able to do uh, with Kay McAmere and J.J. McCarthy. Like, I think you could see a situation where you can actually make it work. Now, a lot of people say, hey, who if you don't have a quarterback, you don't have any quarterback, which you look at Ohio State's roster. If you're returning 100 percent of your skill position, guys, that's if nobody decides to transfer pretty, pretty much. You're just giving the keys to the Lamborghini to a quarterback and says, just keep the program on the road. Don't wreck it, regardless of at who actually wins the position. Now, and I will say this day, I think Kyle McCord will have the leg up. He will get the first swing at the bat. I think that his relationship with Marvin Harrison Jr. going all the way back to high school will play a significant role uh, in that because those two, the chemistry between those two, you can't deny it. They've been playing with each other since they were younger. Uh, so I do think he's going to get the first crack at the bat. But I like Devin Brown's athleticism, and I think there is a place that you can really utilize his skill set because he's just not an actual runner. He can actually spin the football. So I can see certain packages where you can be creative. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I uh, got a chance to do a one-on-one interview with Devin Brown uh, down at Media Day. It's one of the things I love about like the bowl games especially college football playoff is every player on the team is made available at media day. It's like mandatory. So we get guys that we never get. So I got a one-on-one interview with uh, Devin Brown. There's something special about him as a young man. Steve did the interview with Kyle McCord and it was also a very good interview, but I had a chance to uh, sit down with Devin Brown. Something special about him. And I know he's a playmaker. Um, I think it's going to be a really good battle, a good problem to have. And I think Ryan Day's going to, you know, like I said, he's going to keep that battle going as long as he can. Um, all right, uh, let's get into the running back outlook for the Buckeyes in 2023. We know Mayan Williams is coming back now. He made it official yesterday. Um, mm-hmm. Not a big surprise. You and I, I, I think, knew that was coming, Jay Book. Um, Travion, you know, uh, hopefully he'll be healthy. Hopefully Evan Pryor will be healthy. Dallin Hayden will now be in his second year. Maybe Chip Trainum is going to move to running back full time. I tend to think Tony Alford sat down with all of them to make sure they were all coming back. Otherwise, I think they would have tried to find a running back late in the process just for depth. Um, I tend to think all five of those guys are going to be around. Um, and if, Hey, we know depth can uh, dis- disappear real quick as they found out the hard way this year, Jay book. But um, right. if those guys we coming into the year, we're like, this is going to, this position stacked. And, you know, I, I don't think they're going to have bad luck like that two years in a row. These guys are going to be a year older. I'm pretty bullish about the running back room for next year. I mean, if, if, if we want to be honest and take off our uh, rose colored glasses here, Dave, if any, you give anybody any true serum around the country, they will say Ohio State probably has the deepest running back room going into the spring. Uh, that's if all of the guys stay, especially with uh, Chip being your running back five, because he has shown against Michigan that he's perfect. He's perfectly capable of being an every down back. Uh, but you look at the guys that, you know, uh, Dallin Hayden and Evan Pryor, I just think those two bring an element of speed. Um, element of elusiveness to the game that you necessarily may not see from uh, Henderson and uh, Mayan. Don't get me wrong, two outstanding backs. I think Henderson is a home run hitter. Mayan is your thumper. But every one of those backs brings something different to the table. So I'm excited to see if they can keep all five of those guys and Losing out on Mark Fletcher, uh, flipping over to Miami, it really doesn't hurt when you have that many guys. I mean, at that point, if you're talking about six running backs, you're talking about an absolutely crowded room. But if they can have five of them, uh, it makes you really feel great about the depth there because 
at the end of, end of the year against Georgia, you got Xavier Johnson out there getting carries. That's not ideal. You want a true back uh, out there who's going to be able to be your pounder in day down in, down out. So all five of those guys will definitely give a different type of look when it comes to the back, uh, the running back backfield. And I will say this day before we move on, Justin Fry, if he's going to be the offensive coordinator with which a lot of people believe he will be the guy who's calling the plays next year, you're looking at the transition from Kevin Wilson, who is a big stretch guy, zone running scheme to a Justin Fry type of running scheme to where it can suit the running backs a whole lot better to where instead of, you know, trying to hit the perimeter on a stretch, you go down to a gap running scheme where they're running downhill, one cut and go, uh, which really is going to help the offensive line in the run blocking because they can really start firing off the football and start to bully people up front. All right, next topic. We float around on the Bucknuts morning five. There's a lot to talk about. Um, offensive tackle, they're going to lose both starting offensive tackles. Um Neither have officially announced yet, but Paris Johnson Jr. is definitely going pro. He basically did in the Players' Tribune. Very well-written piece. That kid is a A-plus young man, an A-plus player. I'm happy for him, and I'm happy he comes from a great family. We've had, we've had Monica on the show many times, um, and uh, hopefully we'll get her on again. But uh, So I'm happy for Paris Johnson Jr. What a, what a great young man. Dewan Jones, I'm being told, will definitely announce that he's turning pro. No surprise there. He walked at senior day. He, um, you know, last year he even considered going pro J-Book, as you know. So they're going to lose both starting tackles. Um, they do have Josh Fryer coming back at, at right tackle. Zen Mahalski was the backup at left tackle. I know the staff likes those guys, but they're going after guys in the portal pretty hard. Get into all that. Are you concerned about offensive tackle next year? Um do you think they're going to be able to like at least find a guy that can compete for a starting job, maybe be a starter in the in the portal, maybe two guys? Just break all that down for me, my friend. Um, I mean, can it be a little bit of both? Because I, I, will, I will say this. I do think that they need to go to the portal and find another veteran offensive tackle. Uh, and I think because of the misses from Stud throughout the years has put provided little depth when it comes to the offensive tackle position. So I do think that is a concern. You need to get some more experience in there. You need to get more bodies. With that being said, I'm not as concerned as who's going to be the starters if they're going to be able to play at a high level. And the reason I say that is because what I saw from the Ohio State offensive line against Georgia leads me to believe that Justin Fry we'll have those guys ready to go. I think he's a heck of an offensive line coach. I think whoever he throws out there, he's going to get them coached up playing at a high level. So as far as how they're going to how they're going to perform, I'm not concerned about that at all because I think Justin Fry will have those guys humming along. I am concerned about the depth, meaning that if somebody goes down, we get an injury to one of those potential starter tackles, it's very shaky after that as far as the depth so going into the going into the season i hope they can land uh an offensive tackle they have the washington state offensive tackle on campus this weekend uh who's in the transfer portal so i'm sure we're going to see several names pop up from now until the next signing day a lot of people asking about luke whipler i mean i i think he's fantastic i don't see him leaving after three years though as a, as a redshirt sophomore I mean, even Tyrell Linderbaum, who was a number one center off the board, stayed four years at Iowa. And I think yeah. I tend to think Whipler, I'm not 100%. I, I'm not hearing this from sources. This is just, you know, an educated guess. I tend to, I'll be surprised if Whipler leaves as, as a 
third-year sophomore. I think he's going to come back to lead this offensive line next year, along with Donovan Jackson. Um, we'll see about Matt Jones. But I think Whipler's coming back to be the quarterback of the O-line next year. Yeah, I thought Whipler played outstanding, Dave, down the stretch. I mean, you couldn't ask for anything more from him. Um, I know a lot of people take PFF with a grain of salt, but they had him as one of the highest, greatest centers throughout the entire season of all of college football. Uh, and there was nothing on the field from his play that says he wasn't an absolute stud. I thought he did an absolute uh, stellar job against the Georgia interior guys. Yeah, against – like the top D tackle in the country, Jalen Carter. Jalen Carter might have been on the banquet circuit a little bit. He was a little, he was a little gassed out there after about eight plays. He was like running off like well, oh it, it, it was funny. I mean, we're we're talking about, you know, three minutes into the game and he comes off the field and the announcer's saying uh he's gassed. I'm like, we just started the game. They had a month off. What do you mean? Uh you mean what do you mean he's exhausted? They, the the kickoff just happened 20 minutes ago. Too much Chick-fil-A while he was down there, man. Just eating Chick-fil-A nonstop. No, uh, no, that was me, um, actually. Uh, listen, there's, there's, if it's free, I'll take three. We had the chicken biscuits. We had this, the chicken sandwiches. There was just like nonstop Chick-fil-A down there. I, I, I did not hate that at all. Um, all right. So, all right, let's get into it. This whole thing is hilarious at Michigan. Um, so Jim Harbaugh, who like was trying to turn in Ohio State, I think, for like minor like practice stuff, turns out he was being a naughty boy during COVID. <laughs> And then he lied to the NCAA, which is the big thing. Like, that's like, you know, that that's the one that, that would get him. The thing is, I put this on Twitter. This is not – I said it kind of jokingly, but I'm actually serious. This gives him the perfect out at Michigan. We already know he's flirting with the NFL. Um, and the NFL's flirting with him. It sounds like he's got multiple suitors this time. Panthers, Colts, maybe the Broncos. I don't know why you'd want anything to do with the Broncos. They're going to be a mess for years. They have no picks. You're married to Russell Wilson. you got to play in a tough division. I don't know why anybody would want to mess with the Broncos if you have other options. But here's the thing, Jay Book. This gives him the perfect out at Michigan. He could say, hey, I, even if he didn't want to stay, I wanted to stay. I love Michigan. But the NCAA is coming after me for this. Right. When they're letting all these teams buy recruits and they're not doing anything about it, like, forget this. I'm leaving. So this gives him the perfect out. What do you think is going to happen with Harbaugh? First off, it's hilarious that the the that the <laughs> – NCAA, who is basically dead, there's zero enforcement going on throughout the sport. People are tampering. People are getting paid illegally, pay for play when it comes to NIL. Like, there's so much shady stuff going on in college football. And of all the programs, Michigan is the one who gets bullied by the NCAA. It's just ironic. Uh, But as far as Jim, hey, Jim Jim did what I said a lot of coaches should have been doing at Ohio State. Deflect, don't cooperate with the NCAA, don't give them anything, and that's kind of what the level one violations are is Jim pretty much thumbed his nose at the NCAA not participating in the investigation. And he I said Ohio – they said he didn't. Yeah. It wasn't even just that he lied by omission. He just flat out lied. Apparently, that's the allegation, at least. <laughs> right. Um, and I, I, I said Ohio State should, you know, play the. I'm not answering any type of questions. You see that all the time in the South. I mean, you look at Bill Self over at Kansas. They gave him, you know, pretty much a slap on the wrist because he didn't want to participate in their investigation. Same thing down at LSU. Uh, but as far but as far as uh, Michigan, I think you're right. I think this probably gives him an out. I find it uh, hilarious that 
two days before this news breaks, he pins a letter talking about how he's potentially coming back and used the bold quote, those who stay will be champions, writes that letter knowing that the NCAA the next day was going to drop the notice of allegations and it was going to go public. So I find that hilarious. I mean, at this point, if Jim actually gets a job offer from the NFL, I will say this not just as, as an Ohio State fan, someone you know who helps cover it, but I would probably take that job, Dave. I mean, you the the work life balance from the NFL compared to the, what the colleges have to go through now. You're not having to fly, you know, city to city, small town to small town, recruiting high school kids, and you can just leave. You can just lose them right at the the eleventh hour because somebody comes in with a bigger NIL bag. Mm-hmm. Um, all of the nonsense dealing with the NCAA, having to you know kiss the ring of boosters begging them to do, to donate to your NIL collective just so that you can uh, stay up to date with the Jimmys and the Joes. You look at the bit, the big 10 landscape, it's changing dramatically to where, uh, you know, you got USC, UCLA, the travel's going to be extended. I didn't believe that the whole Jim Harbaugh NFL thing was, had any type of legs because you hear it every year. When you hear their very own John U. Bacon, who is a Michigan lifer uh, who's written countless books on Michigan and the program where he actually says, yes, there is something to this in regard to Jim and the NFL. That right there leads me to believe that, yes, this could be somewhat legit. Yeah. I said the same thing on Wednesday show, man. When John U. Bacon says it, I mean, he's like a, he's like a little bit of everything. He's a, you know, journalist. He's a professor at Michigan. He's a historian. He's a good guy. He's a, he's a good man, and he's as, as clued in as anybody with the Wolverines. All right, last thing. Um, I said we're going to finish with Harbaugh. Let's get this question from Yakov in here. Yakov22 on YouTube. 2023 Ohio State over under wins at 10. I'm surprised they said it at 10 and not 10 and a half because I feel like 10, I would take the over because I feel like you're going to push at the very least. Notre Dame got a, a really good quarterback transfer. That makes that game in uh, – Sam Hartman from Wake Forest. That makes that game in, in South Bend a little more interesting, doesn't it, JB? It was already going to be it interesting. Um, Got to play Michigan uh, at Michigan. Um, we'll see who their coach is. <laughs> but um, I'll go over. I feel like, you know, they're going to win 11 games. Maybe even they might even go undefeated. And worst case, I feel like I'm going to push at 10-2. and two. Yep, I, I agree. I take the over. Um, as you mentioned, Notre Dame, that's going to be a battle. Uh, you know, year two under Marcus Freeman, that defense was solid at Notre Dame. It was always the question mark in regards to their offense because they never had a quarterback. They still lack skill position power uh, over there at Notre Dame. So I don't think the offense is going to be that much improved, even though they will have a major upgrade at the quarterback position. Michigan, we all know what they uh, what that's about. Penn State is going to be loaded next year. Drew Aller steps in. They're going to get an upgrade at the quarterback position. You look at all of those young skill position guys that Penn State has, they're going to be probably one of their best teams since Penn State tried to make a run for uh, the playoffs. So I think they're going to be uh, stuck. They play Wisconsin coming up. I don't think Wisconsin is going to be there yet. There, you can't expect Lou Fickle to come in year one uh, and turn that ship around and go in and beat Ohio State. I do think they're going to be competitive. It's going to be a sledgehammer game. That's going to be weird, man. Yeah, that's going to be. It was one thing he was at Cincinnati. Him yeah. at, at Wisconsin. I mean, it wouldn't be as weird if he was at Heaven forbid. I don't think he ever would have done it at Michigan. This is going to be extremely weird. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. And I was just going to say that's going to be a, that's going to be a battle. Like I, I fully expect Ohio State to light them up again. I just think it's going to take uh, Luke 
several years to really modernize that program because Wisconsin program was behind the times. But one thing that you can count on when it comes to Luke Fickle, he will have them playing hard. He will have them playing discipline and he will uh, try to take it to Ohio State. So I, I, I truly expect that this team, the way that they're stacked right now, they should win 10 games. To me, Dave, I know the defense had a uh, you know a pretty good improvement compared to the Kerry Cones year, but I'm still going into the season with the same question marks when it comes to the secondary that I had this year. Uh, you look at the this, the secondary versus the wide receivers; they were like 109th, 110th in the country guarding the wide receiver position. So those question marks in regards to is Ohio State secondary fix is still looms. If they can right the ship, I do think that they're going to make another run for the playoffs. The front seven, I thought, um, has some improvement. The linebackers, it's the, the linebacker play was probably probably the best linebacker play that we've seen since Jeff Haff Halfley was there. So I just think that if they can get the defense playing together on all three levels, this team, regardless of who's the starting quarterback, regardless of who's going to be the new starting tackles, will make a push to get into the playoffs again next year. Great stuff, as always, from Jay Book. Really appreciate it, my man. Uh, thanks to all of you for tuning in. We appreciate you guys very much. If you like the show, like, subscribe, give us a five-star review, depending on what platform you are watching or listening on. All that stuff really helps. Thanks again to Jay Book. Thanks to all of you. Hope everyone has a great day and a great weekend. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.